Live from Melbourne's Bella Union, it's Child Proof. An unproduced TV sitcom rescued from the bottom drawer and repurposed as a free audio podcast. Episode 1, Bring the Kids. A road leading from the inner city to the outer suburbs. Two lanes of traffic stalled bumper to bumper. A rear windscreen displays a baby on board sticker. In the passenger seat of the car behind it, Jennifer Price regards the sticker with disgust. Her husband, Ian Carriage, is equally appalled. He nods toward the other car in front, which displays a My Family sticker with cartoon figures of dad, mum, and three kids. If one of them dies, do they have to... (laughs) Do they cross it off? Through the back window of the My Family car, three kids are making mental faces at Ian. Jennifer glances down at something in the back seat, as though looking at a cute baby. From the back seat, she holds up an expensive bottle of red. I thought four reds should do it. Hey, they're all top shelf. Well, we don't get out to Wayne's that often. Yeah, but you lead with a good one. That's the one you put on show. Then you've got three cheaper ones in the bag. Mm. Wayne will be onto that. Anyway, I intend to drink all of those myself. You'll have to prize them from my grasp. This is going to be the shittest week ever. I'm going to be talking so loudly tonight. Hey, uh, what's the earliest we can leave, do you reckon? Nine. Yeah? We still have five episodes of The Murdering on IQ. Let's order the cab at 22. I reckon we can be fully pissed and back on the couch by 9.30. Thank God it's not bring your kids. Ian and Jennifer pull up outside Wayne's McMansion. The first thing they see is the My Family car disgorging the kids from earlier. What? Is it too late to turn round? Someone may have seen us. Fuck. Ian steps out of the car and into the path of a double push chair manoeuvred by a hipster couple. The dad wears a baby in a front papoose. Hi. Hi. You guys got a babysitter? Uh... Before he can answer, the dad turns and nearly clocks him with another baby in a back papoose. (laughs) Strap yourself in. Ian spots Wayne's Roto-Rooter van. It has a cartoon logo that reads, The Mad Rooter, bagging roots all over town. Is that his new catchphrase? Yes, and he's very happy with it, so don't... The door is opened by Jennifer's brother, Wayne, holding a baby. Hey, hey, hey! What do you reckon, Ian? How good's the logo? Can you even say that? What, isn't there a shop called F-U-C-K? I don't think there is. (laughs) You didn't say it was bring your kids. You don't have any kids. Correct. Uh, Here, take this one. I've got to go to... A fuck shop? Hey! There's kids here. I know. Jennifer awkwardly passes the baby to Ian and snatches a glass of wine from a passing tray. Ian hands the bag of bottles to Wayne and tries to look like he knows how to hold a baby. Ah, very nice. Quality gear. Come on through. Shell's here somewhere. With Ian holding the baby like an unexploded bomb, Wayne leads them into the house. A group of mums and dads, including Wayne's wife, Shelley, are having a boisterous conversation. Hey, look who's just arrived. From East Berlin. Ian hands the baby to Shelley. Shell, this old bloke's not making you have more of these, I hope. No, three is plenty. Oh, I think we should at least try for another one, Dale. Maybe tonight. Twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> you love it. Hey, uh, Shell, could you mind these two? I ought to get the rest of that roux out of the garage freezer. Ian and Jennifer lean against the kitchen bench. Christ almighty! He lifts a loose Blu-ray disc from a pool of jam. We're in the jam chamber. 
All right, you two, come and join the debate. What debate? Should we have to pay $150 for a DVD of the school concert? But the kids do all the work. Why should we have to pay for it? It's bullshit. What are our school fees for? Who needs a DVD? Damien just filmed ours on his iPhone. I gave Josh my old iPhone 6. Just rolled his eyes. Said he'd be embarrassed to take it out at school. And this after he's got me coaching his soccer team. Same here, twice a week. Ian tries awkwardly to sit on a stool and crushes a plastic toy. I have to drive him everywhere because anyone could be a pedophile. Are you getting any sleep? When would I be getting sleep? Wayne has returned carrying a large slab of meat. He enjoys seeing Ian and Jennifer squirm during such discussions. Hey, uh, what have you two been doing? All eyes turn to Jennifer and Ian. Oh, nothing. Just work and um, reading. We have so many DVD box sets piled up. It's exhausting. No one is impressed. Are you guys watching The Murdering? Body parts from a Danish MP are found in 17 different countries. <laughs> it's the best one since Schmoinklomp. I just can't watch any violent shows since we had the twins. Oh, same here. We just watch Pirate Pig Party over and over. It's for kids, but it works for adults too. It's really funny. Is there anyone here who doesn't have kids? A woman standing next to him bursts into tears and runs from the room. Jeez, mate, you're on fire. Still carrying the slab of meat, Wayne drags Ian towards the backyard. Maybe uh, come and help me burn this to the shit house. The meat is sizzling on the barbecue. Wayne watches it with Ian and Dion, a man in a Mad Rooter t-shirt. It's uh, not too late, mate. Oh, don't you start. That Anthony Quinn had a kid at 81. Yeah, his wife gave birth to a 30-year-old man. <laughs> Dion, he is having his fifth. Jesus. Mate, I love it. He holds up his phone. What is that? That's the ultrasound. Oh, they're so cute at that age. Look. Please, don't scroll. Dion's my top rooter. Clearly. So, what do you do? Ian works at Rock FM. He's a, uh, what, he's the program director? The content director. I don't listen to radio anymore. We just have podcasts on in the truck. No ads. Surely there won't be radio stations much longer. Well, we are rebranding. Whereas the Roto Rooter business is here to stay. They haven't made an app that unplugs your shitter. Not yet. Jennifer and the mums are standing nearby. So you're what? Jennifer's a book editor. Oh, so you get to read books all day? Not really. I don't read books. No time. Not with the kids. I'll tell you what I did read yesterday. Ten desserts that'll make you lose weight. Wasn't that great? <laughs> Jennifer worked on that book I tweeted about. Oh, I just didn't finish that tweet, sorry. <laughs> Oh, hang on. Oh, look. Dion sent me a photo of Madison taking a mark. Everyone leans in. Dion gives her the thumbs up. Wayne grabs Dion's phone. Hang on, mate. Check this out. Wayne has made the photo appear on the massive TV in the entertaining area. Everyone cheers and several people take photos of the screen. A while later, Jennifer is sitting on a couch next to a couple, Carrie and Paul. Ian finds his bottles of wine and takes one over to her. How are you doing? Well, apparently I'm three software updates away from being out of a job. And the only thing people read these days are lists. I do like a good list. Christ, do not make me go to another Babes in Arms screening. This gets Ian and Jennifer's attention. Oh, you told them you would. Excuse me, do you go to those screenings? Oh, they're awful. God, I envy you people sometimes. Us? 
Really? What time did you get up this morning? 9.30, 10. Can you imagine? It's Sunday, surely. You could... Sunday's the worst. Hockey practice, clarinet. Both completely unnecessary. Ian, enjoying himself for the first time, gets another bottle. What was the last concert you saw? Cat Stevens. In the 70s? Last week. Wow. The last concert we saw that wasn't in a shopping centre would have been... Uh... Foreigner. And Toto. In the 80s? 2005. Ouch! Don't tell anyone, but sometimes we wish we'd never had them. No. But what about the whole, you know, the roller coaster from the end of parenthood? Fuck that roller coaster. All right. A door slides open and Dion steps in. Okay, I think it's time. Murmurs of agreement. People start to get up. What? It's a school night. It's quarter to seven. We do have to get up early. Gotta drive them and their robots to science works. But it, it's still light outside and... He looks over to the unopened bottles. Wayne comes up behind them. You guys can stay, but we will have to watch Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Again. Ian and Jennifer exit the front door at speed. See ya. Are you safe to drive? Yeah. Now what? Ted and Claire's? Let's do it! Half an hour later, a front door is opened by Ted. What's happened? Family day. Oh, fuck you poor bastards. Jen, you okay? I just need to see a clean surface. <laughs> and listen. What? I can't hear anything. Isn't it great? Come on, let's get some dinner at the pub. What? Just go there now, without a thought for anyone but ourselves. <laughs> Ten minutes later, the two couples are at the pub. Selfish, selfish people. Who refuse to grow up. Immature. Unfulfilled. Un-Australian. I had that one today. You're not Australian. <laughs> Technically, no, but uh, part of my job is ensuring that K-San is played five times an hour. Imagine having to pay for a DVD of a school concert. Imagine having to go to a school concert. Imagine having to go to a school. I hated school. $150 for a DVD is nothing. iPads, iPods, tiny shoes that get bigger every year. And worrying, just worrying about them all the time. We worry about things. I'm always worried. I'm very worried about an Amazon package that hasn't arrived. <laughs> you know, you two are our last friends. You're the only ones who haven't gone over. Yeah, well, don't worry, Ted. I can promise you that we will never know what it's like to decant a child sick from a dot matrix printer. <laughs> You've seen such a thing? I saw it today. Later that night, they're trying to hail a cab. Hey, you two should come over for dinner. Tomorrow night, we're having food and drink. Actually, yes, we'll be needing a drink tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, ratings. This was the survey where we did Craigo's crazy crank call to the suicide hotline. No one died, only radio itself. Meanwhile, everyone at Bell Tower has been summoned to the boardroom. What does that mean? I don't know. It's unprecedented. Maybe you'll all get a pay rise. Because of the recent massive increase in people buying books. OK, um, you come over after work. Only if you promise to do nothing all evening but bitch and moan. Ted. It'd be our pleasure. <laughs> the next morning, the foyer of Rock FM, a large framed poster for The Mad Breakfast is being taken down and replaced with an almost identical one for Breakfast with the Mayhem crew. Ian heads for his office. His assistant back is waiting. Mike Pomfrey's in your office. Christ, what does he want? He says his character's not being properly integrated with the new show. Yeah? Did he say integrated? Yep. Good. I don't want to hear you saying things like that. I nearly said actioning this morning. Don't. 
Now, did you hear the show? Uh, yeah. Are they doing Battle of the Sexes? Mm-hmm. Is it 1992? It's all new Battle of the Sexes. Oh, of course. Is he wearing the costume? Afraid so. Ian enters his office. Mike Pumphrey, in bike shorts with backwards baseball camp, jumps up. They're shitting all over my character, Ian. I must have missed that segment. They have no respect for the twerk experience kid. Yeah, um... The mad brekkie got it. They bring the music up as I was dry raiding in. Yeah, this lot, there's no attention to detail. Do you think people even remember what twerking is? What? Of course they do. You Google it, nothing comes up. <laughs> now, I've gone beyond that anyway. I'm beyond the zeitgeist. Well, good, but why not bring back the singing ski report? Nah, it's old hat. Make it all new. Besides, ratings are here in 20 minutes. They'll probably be sacked by lunchtime. But. They've only done one show. Wouldn't be the record. Mark Holden was sacked during his first show. <laughs> Mike exits. Beck enters. Ian checks his reflection in a gold record. You ready? Oh, God. It's going to be a massacre. I need to look... Confident? Assured? Younger. You, you could pass for 49. Yeah? You see, that's not having kids. Gives you an extra three to four years. <laughs> and then you die, alone. Hmm. <laughs> You know, my hair is a perfect metaphor for commercial radio. From the front, it's business as usual. But from above, we can see that layoffs have already begun. Shouldn't you be wearing a pork pie hat by now? Oh, shit. Is Sturjo here yet? Oh, I saw Sturjo and Burjo talking to Gaffo in Gilbo's car downstairs. Right. Probably doing some blow. At nine in the morning? That's how bad the figures must be. The foyer of Bell Tower Books, wood paneling gentlemen's club atmosphere. Jennifer is hungover and clutching a luridly colored energy drink. The receptionist waves a massive card, obviously for an expectant mother. Just hold it, cowboy. You're not going anywhere till you sign the card for Emily. She goes on maternity leave, like today. The last card was stuck in your intro so long, Carly was back before she got to read it. Is Carly back? Jesus. Righto then, how much do I put in this time? She scrawls a hasty message with one hand while pulling out a single coin with the other. It clanks loudly into the envelope. The receptionist looks disgusted. All best. All the other messages are long and funny. Well, unfortunately for everybody, I have no sense of humour. She moves to the door, fumbling for her security pass. Big day. What have you heard? Nothing. In contrast with reception, the offices are a shantytown of grey cubicles. Jennifer rounds a corner and walks into a large standee of boyish author Mitchell Block, dressed like he's in Top Gun. Mother of all fuck! Jennifer sits in her tiny office looking at a job seeker website. Much of the office is taken up by another standee of Mitchell Block, this time dressed like Eminem. Jennifer's boss, Caitlin, and a young, attractive woman, Brittany, enter. I think we can both fit in here, my little darling. Jennifer, this is Brittany. She's doing an internship with us. Nice to meet you. I didn't realize we had internships. Tarquins introduced them. He met Brittany at a writer's festival. I see. We thought Brittany could use your office when you're not here. But I'm never not here. Look at your big Mitchell blog. I love him. He got me into reading. Murder Coaster is like the first book I ever read. It's amazing you ever wanted to read another one. Oh, don't listen to her, Brittany. First of all, she's mad, aren't you, darling? And second, well... She can tell you about the semicolon incident. And I'll be working from home this afternoon, but don't try to contact me. Emile starts school next week, so things are frantic. Seamus, my darling. The semi 
fucking colon incident. Just because he doesn't even know what a semicolon is doesn't mean I shouldn't have used one on his noxious prose. Brittany, let me tell you before you get in too deep, you stay in this business long enough and you end up 40 years old, dancing to the tune of a 23-year-old who dresses like the Rocksteady crew. Who are the Rocksteady crew? Rock FM. Ian is walking down a corridor. A stairwell door opens and Gary Sturjo Sturgis falls into step with Ian. Sturjo. Figures here, yep. Any second now. We are pissing up a rope, Ian. Are we? You know what we're holding here today? A piss-sodden rope? No, a wake. But hey, I'm pre-empting. Well, have you already seen the figures? Well, why would you say that? Who have you spoken to? Burjo? No. Gilbo? No. Hendo? No. Pendo? No. Throsbo? Now you're just listing everyone who works Change here. the subject. Other things that are different to say. You're right. You're fine. How's a girlfriend? Wife. Kids too, isn't it? None. Should have some, mate. I've got six. You win. Listen, seriously. <laughs> These ratings are going to suck balls, but that's how it is now. It's the new paradigm. The all-new paradigm. That's it. He exits. Beck approaches with a briefcase and handcuffs. Got the figures? In here. What's this? I thought it could be funny, like the Blues Brothers. Am I that desperate? I think you are. (sighs) Bell Tower Books. The staff are assembled in the boardroom. Jennifer takes a pill. The publishing director, Tarquin, speaks. Well, I'm sure you've all been wondering about this meeting. I haven't because I've been watching the tennis all night. (laughs) No response from the group, including a standee of Mitchell Block dressed as Indiana Jones. The managing director, John, jumps to his feet. Uh, Yeah, thanks, Tarquin. All of you, things are bad. Profits are way down this quarter, and now... We've suffered a body blow. He moves to a standee of Mitchell Block as Iron Man. There's not going to be a new Mitchell this year. Yes! I mean, oh, no, that's terrible. I'm sure I don't need to tell you what this means. It means staff freezes. It means staff cuts. It means having the sales conference in the bloody kitchen. It means having the Christmas party in the bloody kitchen. And we're going to be skewing less literary. Now, you know, personally, like I've told you all before, I don't read books. When I was heading up all juice, you know, it was all just juice. Yes, there were different flavours, but the only flavour we needed to worry about was the flavour of success. And guava. Anyway, (laughs) there's going to be literary. It's going to be literary we know will walk out the door. It's going to be Jane Austen as a forensic scientist. Our biggest non-Mitchell novel last year was The Peculiar Time the Cat Took the Bus. Yeah, I know it was literary, so we're going to bring it out again but get someone to rewrite it. Maybe Mitchell. And speaking of Mitchell, we're gonna do an illustrated version of Murder Coaster. Then, an illustrated version of all these other ones. Rock FM. Everyone is crowded into the boardroom. This is Rock FM 93.3, where rock lives on, as also does sport and comedy, with the Mayhem crew every morning. Turn that shit off. Sturjo strides in, followed by Ian and Beck. Ian has the figures. Ian makes a show of unlocking the briefcase. um, What the fuck? You know, a bit of theatre. Mate, not the time. I've seen the figures and, well, I don't want to preempt, but maybe if you had to put a bit more fucking theatre on the air, we... Sorry, I am preempting. Okay. Uh, down in breakfast. Fuck. Down in morning. Shit. Down in afternoons. Piss. Down in drive. Fuck. Down in night. Piss. Shit. Fuck. And the party doctor after ten. Up. Sorry, that's down. Fuck. <laughs> Overall, we are down. Now, Ian could give you the actual figures. You can read them on the internet later. People will be laughing about them on Twitter. 
But I'm not going to embarrass us here because we have embarrassed ourselves this survey. We are like a YouTube clip of a fat bloke with his nads caught in a deck chair. People are laughing at us and saying, play it again, but maybe not full screen. <laughs> Time was when FM radio had the biggest balls in town. But now, we're all going to have to make do with smaller balls. <laughs> Up in Sydney, we will be making some tough decisions, while down here, Ian tries to think of a nice way to explain them to you. I don't envy him that task at all. Team meet over. <clears throat> the staff shuffle out. Beck gives Ian the thumbs up. The case rocked. Jennifer's office. The Mitchell block Sandy is being taken away. Tarquin appears in the doorway. How are you, mate? You're not going to have a smaller office, are you? No, but you are. No, don't worry, we couldn't do that to you. We need to put Brittany in here. But I thought there were going to be staff freezes, staff cuts. I can tell that young woman has an eye. I'm very impressed with her. You're very impressed with her ass in those pants. She knows what the young people are thinking. Oh, she's a big fan of Block, anyway. Speaking of whom, I guess no Blockbuster means I can work six days a week instead of seven. Actually, we're expanding your role. Oh, no. I don't have to mentor anyone, do I? Or go on that unpublished writer's camp? Like all our other ones, the children's books aren't selling, so we're getting rid of Beverly. Or rather, we got rid of her. John told her on the weekend. But I liked Beverly. She used to bring in snacks and hand them around. So we thought you could take over children's books. But I've never had the slightest interest in children's books. I mean, after the point I actually was a child. Just looking after the ones we have. It's not like we'll be buying any more and it's not like they have many words in them. I'll get you the MS of the little book of weeing. Children love bodily functions, I'm told. Mine live in Europe, thank God. <laughs> Such bookshops that still exist will be able to put it on the counter. It's about weeing instead of illustrations. The children wee on it and it's actually made of toilet paper so they can just flush it away. It won't be taking up any space on a shelf. Not that anyone has bookshelves anymore. Tarquin, I haven't got time for green eggs and piss. Are you listening to me? I'm texting Brittany. Do you know how to do the smiley face? Ian, followed by Beck, returns to his office. I need you to call the party doctor. Both freeze. Sturjo is sitting behind Ian's desk. You out. How did you get here? Who was that? Beck. She's been here since the noughties. She essential? Yes. Hmm. You remember earlier when I said you should have some kids? Yes. I think we need to make this station more family friendly. Right. The radio audience is getting older. We need to hang on to the mums and dads and get the kids in too. So I should have some children? You need me to literally make some new listeners. <laughs> I just think we need more family shit on air and less edgy fucking comedy. Craigo's crazy crank call was your idea. I'm balls deep in Sydney. That's why I need a family man on the case down here. You like who? What do you think about Mike Pomfrey? As a person or as the person who's about to take my job? Nothing's locked in, Ian. Mike Pomfrey is a fucking idiot. Yeah, I heard him use the word integrated this morning. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hey, I'm on your side. The board wanted me to straight out sack you. Well, all of them. I fought for you. Said, if he goes, I go. Really? Now, you've got to show me my faith in you is justified. Okay, so a moron with kids is more valuable than someone who can actually do this job. It's a new paradigm, man. At a musty old men's club in Collins Street, Sir Leo Symes sits at a table, having breakfast and reading the financial review. His phone rings. Ian. Has Gally Sturgis given you the paradigms, big shit? Yeah, he also said you all wanted to sack me. Just as well he doesn't know you've got this number. Why? 
He was the one who wanted us to bone you. Really? Bone? Did he say bone? Yes, yes he did. He also said shitcakes at one point. That confused everybody. Right. Well, thanks for that. And we never had this conversation. Good, because it would have interrupted my full English breakfast. Bye. Sturgio. Later that day, Jennifer is parked outside Rock FM. Ian emerges and jumps in the car. We need to go to Ted and Claire's now. That bad? It looks like I'm about to be replaced by the twerk experience kid. Yours? I'm the new queen of children's books. <laughs> you? This week, I have to edit a manuscript that's just the alphabet. <laughs> Might get rid of all the vowels. No one has time for them anymore. Hey, it's them. Ted! Ian, 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 mate, is that you? Yeah, we're both here, just coming over. Look, uh, listen, Claire's been in an accident. What? Is she OK? We're taken to the hospital. I'm afraid she's... She's pregnant. Oh, my God. Oh, Ted, I'm so sorry. Thanks, mate. It's, it's been quite a shock and, well, probably best if you don't come over. Right, OK. We've got to start thinking of the little one now. Uh-huh. It's not just about us anymore. Yeah. Speak soon. Ian and Jennifer just sit there, <laughs> stunned. So, I guess it's just us, then. Jennifer slowly manoeuvres the car into the flow of traffic. The rear windscreen sports a My Family sticker that depicts just a man and woman, no kids. You have been listening to Child Proof. Written and produced by Tony Martin and Serena Rao at the Bella Union for the 2017 Melbourne Fringe. Starring Geraldine Quinn as Jennifer and Beck, Tony Martin as Ian and Tarquin, Ross Hammond as Caitlin, Shelley and Claire. Andrew McClelland as Mike Pomfrey and Wayne. Damien Cowell as John. Christina Laria as Brittany. Jovan Caro as Paul. And Lockie Hume as Sturgeo and Sir Leo. With guests Simon Rogers as Ted, Serena Rahl as Kerry and the receptionist, and Sam Peterson as Dion. The narrator was Jay Mueller. Child Proof, the podcast, is produced by Matt Dow on the Pots and Pans in conjunction with Bad Producer Productions. Pete Smith speaking. 